You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Well, the Bible clearly states that God can take those things that were meant for harm and transform them into something good. Today, you're going to hear such a story. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee. You know what Coffee stands for, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, and I'm so delighted to have the opportunity to share with you the incredible people I meet in my lifetime across the United States and beyond. Today, I have such a guest. You are going to find so much hope so much courage, and so much confidence in his story. And so it is my honor and my delight to bring on to the show today to introduce to you Mark Fucarell. Mark, good morning. Good morning, Kim. How are you? Good, good. It's so good to meet you, to um, have the opportunity to actually talk to you. So thank you. Tell me, where, where, are, you, where are you right now? What's, I'm, in, I'm in Georgia. Where are you? Now, we just got down here to Texas from Boston. We went from Boston, Massachusetts, right outside of Austin, Texas. We just drove down, me and my wife, got home. Oh, so is Texas now your home or? 50% of the time. my I have a mass residency that I have a 16-year-old boy that I have 50-50 custody of. <clears throat> so we're back home quite a bit in Massachusetts, but Texas will be my home forever soon enough. Oh. Well, that's a nice state to land in. I do a lot of work down there and I absolutely love it. So, um, and I, I know they're going to love having you there. Well, Mark, let's jump into your story because you have quite an interesting story. I would say it's probably one that you never expected and one that you probably would not have chosen on the front side of it. Uh, after experiencing it, I'm sure you would say something different. But take me back prior to April 15th, and tell me about the life that you were living. Um, right before April 15th, I, on actual April 14th, I had finished my real estate classes to be able to take my real estate test up in Massachusetts. So I could switch from the career that I had working for a union roofing and sheet metal company to being a realtor that would free my time up to focus on growing my nonprofit organization that I was building off street music opportunity for focused students to reach endless education through music, teaching kids the value of education through music that they loved, providing free recording studios, you know, lessons on how to be a DJ, a producer, a sound engineer, um, just wiring and putting together, you know, PA systems. Um, so that's kind of what I was working towards. I had a five-year-old son at the time. 
um, that was my world. It still is my world. Um, you know, I grew up in a small little town in Stoneham, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. uh, I had, you know, a brother and a sister, two amazing, you know, people in my life. Um, and my mom and my dad, uh, and eventually my stepmom and my grandmother and grandparents, you know, I grew up in a big, big family. So like, so life was just kind of normal, right? I mean, not not a lot of attention, not a lot, you know, not a lot of drama. It was just kind of normal. Like I always say, people, you know, people say, I, I, my life's like a rut. I go, oh, I love the rut. There's no drama. You know, I, I like knowing what's coming next. And it seems like you were just getting up. You had your goals. You knew you had your life kind of planned. You knew where what was going to happen. You thought you knew what was going to happen next as far as you had planned. But then um, April 15th, 2013, the next day happened. Tell us what happened that day, Mark. What what took you to the marathon and, and tell us what happened. On that Sunday before April 15th, which was on a Monday, Patriots Day, a friend of mine called me, uh, JP, and asked me, hey, we're going to the marathon. Do you want to come? And I told him no. And he said, well, Mike J is running. And Mike James, Mike Jefferson, he's a friend of ours that we grew up with. And he's also a Marine. And he was running in honor of soldiers he served with. So I respect and love our military men and women. I have family, you know, my grand, both grandfathers, uh, multiple cousins in the military. So we always supported Mike J. And uh, I said, of course, if he's there, I'm going to support him. He deserves it. And that's what we did. We went to support Mike Jefferson at the Boston Marathon 2000. 13. So you're there and everything is just kind of normal. I mean, everything is. And then tell us what happens. We were discuss, discussing where we were going to go to grab a bite to eat. And that's when the first bomb went off right down by the finish line. Did you we understand all, it was a bomb, Mark? Did you, did you understand right off from the beginning? I did. Many people didn't. They thought it was a gas pipe or they thought it was something with the sewers that, you know, sometimes they blew up, you know, they blow a lid. Um, but a lot of people thought they were a gas pipe. I didn't. I uh, specifically, I knew that it was something bad. And um, this 12 seconds later, the second bomb went off right next to me uh, in front of the forum restaurant. Mm -hmm. Do you remember anything? I mean, what what do you and I and I just so thank you for allowing me. I almost feel intrusive asking you these questions, but I know that you that's part of what you do is talk about it. And so I just thank you um, for allowing us to step into that uh, horrific um, day with you. But what what do you remember right off? Tell us. Take us there, if you will. And, and let us see what you saw at that moment. So right after the bomb went off, I was looking up at the gray sky and I realized whatever just happened down the street happened right where I was standing. Um, my leg was instantly amputated through the knee um, and the commotion started. My ears were ringing um, and I could hear people yelling, we need tourniquets, we need more tourniquets, we need this. Um, as I laid there, I guess I was in and out of consciousness. I actually watched the video, uh, surveillance video from the forum restaurant. I was put out, I was on fire three times and I was put out by three different people. One was a police officer first to the scene. Um, second 
was a random stranger and third was also a random stranger um yeah so the day of the bombing there were uh ended up being 17 amputees uh three people ended up dying one was an eight-year-old boy right near me right next to me uh and then 21 year old Lindsay Liu, foreign exchange student behind me. And then Crystal Campbell was at the first bomb down at the finish line. Mm -hmm. uh, but that day, um, there was a young lady that was there. She was an off-duty nurse. Uh, her name was Kayla Quinn. And she actually said she stepped over me to try to help Lindsay Liu. But there were so many people. And that's what I focused on, the people that were there helping her. She, This nurse couldn't get in to help her because there were so many people already helping her. And when she stepped back away, I actually sat up and she thought I was, she, when she stepped by me, she thought I was already gone, but I came out of consciousness and she started addressing my wounds. And then she started talking to me and telling me, you know, everything's going to be okay. What's your name? You know, you know, I'm like, I just have a little boy. I just want to get home to my son. I want to get home to my son. And at that point they, you know, other firefighters and people were coming and they were putting you on a backboard and, they were talking to me and they were trying to flag down ambulances and the, none of the ambulances would stop. They would, I could hear them stop, stop. And they wouldn't, they said, why aren't they stopping? Because they're full. 265 people were injured that day. Mm. And at that point, that is when they were calling in on there. You could hear them. And they said, you know, we need, we need an ambulance. And they said, well, it's going to be at least 16 minutes. We're not sending anybody. And, um, that's when a police officer, Jimmy Davis said, Hey, I got a paddy wagon and I could, I could, I could take him in the, in the paddy wagon. They said, how many can you take? And he said two. And they picked up me and Roseanne Sedoya. Roseanne Sedoya is also another a right leg above the knee amputee like myself. Mm -hmm. um, and they put us in the paddy wagon and three minutes later, they got us to Mass General Hospital. Did you know at that time the, um, that you had lost your leg. Did you understand what had happened to you? I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any pain. I wasn't screaming, wasn't yelling. Actually, the nurse apologized to me because she, she apologized for panicking me because she said, oh, no, he's still on fire. His pants are on fire. We need to get his pants off. I need scissors. Well, I panicked and I undid my belt to help them get the pants off. And that's actually where I got it. I got this scar from the, the heat of the belt. Like 80% of the lower half of my body is burnt and skin graft um, because my pants went up in flames when the bomb went off. And then they went out and then they would reignite because it was so hot. And again, that's, that's what amazes me that the people that ran into that danger to help is what, like, it just, it's mind blowing to me. And it's just God's work. Absolutely. And God's people. Absolutely. Uh, I remember, you know, of course, we all remember that day and, and, and watching it on TV and just the chaos. But in the midst of the chaos, you saw the calm responders um, and you saw people helping one another that, you know, there's always something good that comes up from all of this horrific uh, bad that we see in our world. But there's always, like you said, God's people doing incredible work. So, Mark, tell us, so, gosh, with such extensive injuries, tell us about your recovery. So I woke up in the hospital. Um, 
days later, they had induced me into a coma. They were working on my left leg. My left leg is now a salvaged limb. It's severely damaged. I have shrap metal throughout my body. I have it actually inside my heart. It went up through the artery, took a ride because your blood circulates and pumps through your heart. And it took a piece of that metal and lodged in my right atrium. Um, when I woke up, I could care less that my leg was missing. I didn't care. I was just happy to be alive and knew I had a chance to see my son again. And complete strangers were doing so much outside of my hospital room to, to provide a better life and opportunity for me and my family. And I was just so grateful. Mm -hmm. um, but the recovery was long. It was long. It was hard, peeling patches of skin off my back and just... It was brutal. It was very painful. The pain was so bad. They actually had to put three epidurals in my spine at, well, one at, one at a time, but three different in a row right. because they couldn't to, to numb the lower half of my body. Right. They couldn't give me enough pain medication to stop the pain. They actually stopped me from breathing um, with it. So <clears throat> it was long, intensive, uh, intensive uh, recovery. It was about three and a half years. I ended up at Walter Reed in 2015 to 2016, where I was blessed that doctors in OT and PT fought for me to be seen down there to get the reconstructive work that I needed on my right leg and my left leg. So I could wear a prosthetic and I could be fitted with these special braces that I now wear for my left leg. So Mark, do you think, do they think that you're fully recovered now or do you think that there are more surgeries ahead of you? Uh, with my situation, there definitely is possibilities for more surgeries. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a right shoulder injury from the blast that I've never addressed. I have with physical therapy, but not surgery yet. Mm -hmm. Putting it off. Yeah. I understand with everything you've been through. Let me ask you um, this, Mark, if I may. How did you get through it um, You know, emotionally and there had to be days that got to be really hard. And I'm speaking on behalf of all those who are listening now who are dealing with some type of trauma and um, whether car accidents or ski accidents or maybe, uh, you know, just whatever it is that's caused them to be in a situation they didn't expect. How did you get through the really tough days? Support, you know, finding support, family, friends, Looking in the positive, not focusing on what I can't control. Uh, but my biggest thing that I would say would be acceptance. Accept my situation and focus on what I can control moving forward, not my past. Uh, focusing on the things I can do, not the things that I can't do anymore. So that's my biggest, the biggest thing that changed my life was just the acceptance of my situation and and, and family support. Wow. You know, that, that, that kind of shocked me. I don't know why I wasn't expecting that, but you know, that's where, that's really where it all begins is just accepting. And that's a, it. sometimes it takes a long time. Um, as a Christian counselor, I work with a lot of people on that very first step of like, th this is life, you know, because we want to look back and think about, well, what if this hadn't happened? What if this had happened? And just being able to face it, uh, confront it, it's, it's a big step. So um, what a what a bold statement for those who are dealing. It's not easy, but that is the first step. Um, Mark, how, what kind of role did your faith play in, in your healing or where 
where you are now? I uh, 100% felt blessed that I was still alive to see my son. That also was really, that was day one. My eyes opened up and I was just like, I don't care what I lost as long as I'm alive. I felt so lucky just to be alive. Everybody's like, oh my God, you're like, I don't care about my leg. Right. I don't care. I said, my leg's nothing. I said, as long as I could see my family, see my loved ones, see my son, that's all that mattered to me. I really, truly feel like I'm blessed. And I know I am blessed. Um, my More of the faith came into later as I started reflecting on my life. Yes. This is more recently in the last couple of years and seeing how God has directed my life and how he's changed my path in certain years of my life. And um, it's... I truly fear no nothing um, because I believe in my faith and mm. I just, I know he has a plan for me. I do. I know it. I see it. It happens every day. Um, so yeah, that it. Well, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, you know, we were all birthed with a, with a plan, you know, we're, we we're born on purpose with a purpose and it's, we never know. It's just amazing to me how life rarely turns out the way that we plan it. And I think that just being able to accept it. And, and like you said, look at, look at what I still have, look at the blessings that we still have. And, you know, this could speak to people who are in, you know, in a divorce situation. This could be people who are, you know, struggling with the loss of jobs, not to diminish, gosh, what you've gone through, but I'm just saying hope in all of these situations really is what carries you through to be able to quit fighting. In one of my books I've written where it's time to, we have to quit fighting our past and start fighting for our future. And that's exactly what you have exemplified here is just that fighting. Is there anything else, Mark, that you would say to, you've already given so much advice, good, good advice, good strategies. Is there anything else that you would say to someone who is like suddenly facing the loss of, of a limb or, you know, any any other thing that you would say to them? You've already given so much, but I just want to give you the opportunity in case there was anything else you'd say to them. Well, like I said, it is accepted, you know, acceptance, accept your situation and focus on your future. Um, also find, find the community of people. And that's, you know, what I'm building with the Mark Network is a community for people facing similar challenges to communicate and connect and help one another get through that process. So acceptance and find community, find in God also, you know, he's going to provide and believe, believe in your faith, because when you have that, it's so free, it feels yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, and it really does help. Let him help you, let him show you the way, and I do believe that. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned something there. Let's just talk about that. You know, when I did the intro, I talked about how in, in Genesis 50, 20, God tells us, you know, with the story of Joseph that, you know, what was meant for harm, he can he can surely turn for our good and for the good, for the saving of others. That's what you're doing through this project. You have talked to us about the Mark Project. Yeah. I mean, if you, <laughs> like you said, the plan has been written in literally in every scripture of everything I'm doing. How can you ever deny, right? I got blown up by two evil men, right? But saved by millions, right? 
and you know and like you said when he saves us in that miraculous way right he brings us you know um it's it's literally it's wild on how it's so laid out um but i am creating a social media aka community app yeah. it's a free app it's called the mark m-a-r-c network 2.0 um in the mark stands for mobility awareness resource community so when i got blown up and i was in the rehab i got taken advantage of by people selling me a most profitable wheelchair not the best wheelchair right then i started mentoring kids with missing limbs and limb differences across the us and i started visiting people in the hospitals that would lost their limbs i worked for i volunteered for granite state adaptive sports program uh, with kids with autism and spinal cord injuries, but talking to the families and people and the loved ones around, I found that they faced similar challenges I faced, which was resources, information, and inspiration. So I wanted to create a television network station for kids and people to have inspiration, but I realized TV is too big for me as one individual. So I started eight years ago building my network. That's why it's called the Mark Network. And it's people like you, Kim, and people like my friend Kirk, you know, my sister, my brother, my cousins, uh, Tim Clun, um, and so many other people in my life. And building that network has now brought me to finding a company that builds mobile apps. Because nobody really watches TV anymore. They really are on their phones. Right. So I created this free app where families, people, new amputees, new stroke survivors, new caregivers taking care of somebody who maybe had a stroke. CP, MS, they all can go to this free app and communicate with other people facing those same challenges. Find events, locations, podcasts, documentaries, anything and everything that is around mobility impairment, as well as the companies, physical, occupational therapy, um, prosthetists, prosthetics. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what we're doing. That is applauding you, Mark. That's you. amazing, and you know it's it's a it's a it's a shame. It's a sad shame that this had to happen to you, and we all know that and we grieve that. But God, you know, but God, in your willingness to say this is what's happened, what's next. Because of that, so many people will now benefit from what you're doing. I I absolutely love stories like this. It inspires me. And now tell us how we can help you. We have, we have a couple of minutes left. We're going to obviously have your website and different things up. We'll be showing different things. Uh, but tell us, what can we do to really get behind you and support you uh, for all the ones who are listening now? Community growth, right? Um, I need We need people to download the app, the Mark, M-A-R-C, Network, 2.0. It's in Apple and Google. It's free. Create a profile, add a picture, right? Join some of the public groups and um, provide, you know, just inspiration for one another, uh, positive support. Um, and that's really what we need. We need community growth. We need awareness. We need people to spread the word, to tell others that are facing these new challenges or even people that live with these challenges for 10 years. There's, I had one guy tell me it took 20 years for him to find the right sockets for his two below the knee amputees. Oh. I thought three and a half years was too long 
to wait to find the right socket because that's how long it took me. But if I had just engaged in the community, you know, reached out to people and started talking to them, I would have found it faster. And so wouldn't he have. He was told that those blisters and breakdowns were normal. He found out 20 years later it wasn't normal because other people didn't have them challenges. Uh, so we just need people to support. We have sponsorship opportunities on the platform. Uh, we're going to the Super Bowl to interview, to tell our story, to share with people. Uh, we're going to be at the Abilities Expo. So yeah, we just we just need people to download the app and join the community and share what you know, share where they went for dinner, share a picture of their family. It's not always about mobility impairment. The back end of the website in in mobile app are for the mobility impaired community. It's geared towards that, um, and it's basically just a support network, right? Of support. Absolutely. Mark, I just applaud you. Any way that we can help you, uh, we will definitely be you know, having you all through our all throughout our social media. We'll be um, recognizing you every way that we can. Thank you so much for what you Thank have you. done. Thank you for all the people that will be helped. Thank you for not giving up on what God had already designed your life to be. Um, you know, we, like we said, we never know what he's doing, but we know, uh, that he's always doing. And he says, for those who love him, he is working all things to our good, which you are a great example of. So Mark, thank you again for joining us. And I hope that you'll come back with progress in, you know, oh, yes. the way. Okay. Thank um, you, Kim. Absolutely. And to you, our audience, was that not fabulous? Did I not tell you that it was going to be fabulous? This guy, Mark Fucarell, please, um, you're going to see along the bottom of the screen how to do exactly what he said to get the app and build your own community. Share it. Share it. We just never know um, who really needs this or who will need it. So friends, thank you so much for joining us for coffee. And I look forward to seeing you next time right here. See you then. Bye everybody. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrables.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember to learn more, please visit kimcrables.org. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.